Father God, in your precious name, I give you praise and honor today. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for life and your love. You are a wonderful God, and you help us, Lord, to identify who we really are. We're constantly searching for identity, and you tell us plainly in your word who we are and who we should call ourselves. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your clear word, and help us to just believe what your word says. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Kingdom Connections, here we come. Thank you all who decide to, uh, to, to listen to my babble, listen to what the Lord has given me. And uh, he has been giving me some interesting things to think about. You know, all of the questions that I have myself, all of the questions I used to have and what I think other people might have, I just explore them a little bit. And uh, this particular one, I used to think about a lot because I hear some Christians say it and it confused me it confused me and the subject is sinners or saints who are we what do we call ourselves how do we identify ourselves do we call ourselves sinners do we call ourselves saints there are some christians who say well i'm the sinner i'm a, i'm the worst sinner i'm the worst kind of sinner you know we're all sinners do we call ourselves that as i was praying before this the Lord brought to me that we have we get our identity in Christ. We are in him. If we are in him, the perfect being who knows no sin and can't really he, he, he doesn't understand what sin is. He can't relate to sin. Why do we call ourselves sin or call ourselves sinners when we are in the one who knows no sin? So what should Christians call themselves? What do we call ourselves? So I'm going to briefly in this one talk a little bit about what a sinner is and what a saint is and give some reasons why people might want to call them sinners. So the question I have this uh, in the beginning of this is what do we call ourselves? And I like to answer that question right from the beginning. We call ourselves saints. Not sinners. Here's why. What is a sinner? What is a sinner? We are all sinners by nature because of the endemic sin. We all are sinners by nature when we are born because of Genesis 3. Adam, Adam fell because he took the fruit. And all these things happen as a result. And everyone that is born of Adam and born of Eve has sin in them because of the fall. But Jesus came so a restoration could happen. So we can no longer identify with the fallen nature. So we have sin in us because of the fall. And so to understand the word sinner is, is not, it's not a moral judgment. It's not about the do's and don'ts and don't do this and do this and don't do this. But it's rather a relational word. Sin has to do with relation. Everyone is separated from God through sin. So when we sin, 
we separate our, ourselves. Even when we have the Holy Spirit and we sin, relationally, we separate ourselves. We are still in him. We, he can't, we can't fall out of his hands because once we're saved, always saved. I believe that. But once we sin and we mess up, we separate from God relationally because we allow sin to cloud our minds and and to stop that flow between us and the, and what the Holy Spirit is doing and the Holy Spirit is grief. So anything related to sin has to do with separation, missing the mark, missing the mark. But if you call yourself a sinner, that means that there is total separation from Christ, and you have to make the decision to come into the agreement with who Christ is. A sinner is defined, uh, defined is defined. Um, Defines the broken state of one's relationship with God. So, so the, the, the idea of being a sinner is the whole definition of what a, really, a broken relationship looks like with God. If we are a sinner, that implies that there is a broken relationship. Sinners are those who break the law. So 1 John 3, 4 says, Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. And that's the biggest thing. Anyone who makes a practice out of sinning, something that is habitual, something that happens over and over again, and there is no grieving, there is no uh, remorse, there is, there is nothing that happens inside someone. They just continue to sin, continue to sin. It's a behavior. It's a thing. It's what they do naturally. It's who they are, a sinner. That's what the sinner is. Somebody who practices constantly um, all sorts of types of sins because they don't know the right way to live because there is separation between that person and the Lord. A sinner is a slave to sin. They're, they have this connection between sin. They have no choice but to sin. In John eight thirty four, it says, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Jesus said that. We are slave to sin because you practice it. Now, this has nothing to do with you sinning um, accidentally or uh, some people might not think it's accidental, but there's some things that you do without thinking. Uh, or this has nothing to do with, okay, I sin sometimes or I intentionally sin sometimes. This has to do with um, a, a, a habit, uh, something that's continuous, something that happens over and over again, making a practice out of it, making a lifestyle out of sin. Sinners are going to face judgment. Not the kind of judgment that saints are going to face. And it's going to lead to a role of death and destruction. I like this scripture from Ezekiel 18 and 20. I'm going to, what translation do I want to use? I think I want to use the, let's use the New King James Version translation. Ezekiel 10 and 20 says, The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. So this is saying that anyone who dies in sin, it's his own fault. I can't be saved for my daughter. I can't be saved for my wife. They have to be saved for themselves. My daughter can't be saved for me. I have to be saved for myself. 
So anything that happens, it's um, when it comes to sin and the punishment that people endure because they they refuse Jesus is something that they have to personally um, fess up to. It's something that is personal because they are sinning against a holy and eternal God. It's not what happened to the father. People like to blame, oh, my daddy did this. And daddy, people, a lot of people have daddy issues because a lot of people don't know who their daddy is. Oh, my mom did this. And oh, she made me do this. And she made, no one can make you do anything. No one can make you do anything. No one made you to refuse Christ. No one made you um, have this kind of behavior. Christ makes himself available to everyone. So whatever we do, in our life, we have to answer for. We definitely have to answer for. And all sinners have to answer for that. So a sinner is uh, someone who makes a habit and creates a lifestyle out of their sin. And it is, it is defined as a broken relationship with God. A relationship that is severed due to sin. There is no closeness. There is no connection. There is no back and forth. There is... Um, there is you're not being used on behalf of the kingdom. There's nothing like that when you are a sinner. When you are a sinner. A saint. A saint is the exact opposite. And before I go on, when you call yourself something, it is your identity. It's everything you are. It's who you are. It's how you act. It's how you think. If I call myself a musician, I'm a musician. If I call myself a musician or I call myself a singer, that means it's something that I do and something that I do well. If I'm a sinner, that's something that I do and something I do well. If you call yourself a saint, your nature is no longer who it used to be. A saint it's not just something or someone that um, does all these wonderful things on earth. So now we, the church or the Catholic church, we, we want to put these people on pedestals because they did a lot of good in society. That's not what a saint is. Let's call idolatry. You're idolizing somebody because they did some good. Good. We're all supposed to be doing good because he has prepared good works for us. But a saint is a holy person. A saint is someone who is in Christ. Someone who is in Christ. So the Greek word, let's see if I can pronounce this right. Um, um, hagas. I think it's called hagas. And, and the Greek word just means consecrated to God, stuck to God, separated for God, holy, sacred, pious. A, a, a saint is a holy person. Whenever it appears in the Bible, saint is always plural. It has to do with a group of people who are set apart for the Lord and his kingdom. People who are set apart for the work of the kingdom. So in, in uh, Romans 16 and 2, it says that you may welcome her in the, uh, welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints worthy of the saints who are the saints the people who are called of God Ephesians 4 and 12 says to equip the saints for the work of ministry 
for building up the body of Christ. Equipping who? The saints. The church. You. The one who said yes. Ephesians 5 and 3. It says, But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. So these things, these sexual immorality things, these things that um, that happens in the world naturally without people giving it a second thought, these are not to be named among you. These should not be a list of things that you do, a list of, uh, of uh, uh, behaviors that you display because you are a saint. You are set apart. You are set apart for doing the things of the kingdom. You are holy because you are in Christ. That's what it means to be a saint. Your being called a saint has to do with your identity in Christ, not what you do. It's who you identify with in Christ. The world identifies with their behavior. People in Christ identify with Christ. We don't identify with um, giving to the poor and uh, giving money away or creating jobs and uh, adopting orphans. That's not what we identify as. We don't want to identify with our actions, but the originator of the actions, where everything stems from. We identify with the source. The source. The saints are the body of Christ, the church, kingdom citizens. All Christians are considered saints. Everyone who said yes from the heart to the Lord considered to be a saint. You are a saint. In 1 Corinthians uh, 1 and 2, it says, To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, and call to be holy. Call to be holy. The word sanctified and holy comes from the same Greek root word that translates to saints. It's all mixed up into one. So if you are going to call yourself something, what would you call yourself? Which one would you choose? If you're given sinner or you're given saint, which one would you choose? If you choose the word sinner, that means that you're not choosing Christ. But if you choose saints, that means that you are choosing Christ. You are rejecting their old self and identifying with Christ. And the reason we fall sometimes and the reason we mess up constantly is because we are further convincing ourselves of, of, of the goodness of Christ. Because sometimes we doubt. Sometimes we get tired. Sometimes we get weary. Sometimes we just want to sin because it's in our flesh. But that's why we continuously read the word so we can constantly convince ourselves that Christ is who we identify as. This is the person that I am. This is the new person that God has made me. And we are okay with that. If you were in, if you were a, a drunker and you get drunk all the time, you no, you no longer uh, identify with alcoholism. You're not that behavior anymore. If you're a person who is highly promiscuous, you don't identify as being a hoe. You don't. You're not that person anymore. If you are somebody who commits adultery, cheats on the wife, cheats on the husband, you you don't. You don't have to identify with that behavior. You can be redeemed. You can be set free from, uh, from fornication. You can be set free from homosexuality. You can be set free from pornography addiction. You can be set free uh, um, from pedophilia. You can be set free from uh, the, uh, 
suicidal thoughts, depression, and anxiety. You can be set free from those things. You can be set free because oh, they're just demons. There's demons that are tucked into all these different crevices of your of your soul that, that they are really good at hiding. You don't know what's there. And we read the word so the Lord can show us what's there, what needs to be cleansed. It's a, it's a cleansing. We are cleansed and a cleansing happening. So once that old nature and our spirit is gone, we can be the people that we were originally supposed to be. And if we mess up, it doesn't, it doesn't make any, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you mess up. You're going to mess up because you're not perfect. Another thought, me being a musician. When I practice piano, practice my trumpet, practice my flute, whatever, me making a mistake on the flute or making a mistake on the piano doesn't doesn't disqualify me from being a musician. I'm still a musician. Did you ever think about it like that? Just because I make a mistake in my playing, just because I might mess up a lyric when I sing, doesn't mean that I'm not a singer. It doesn't mean that I'm not a musician. I'm still a musician. I just made a mistake. I have to try harder next time. I have to make sure that I don't make those same mistakes again. Do I sometimes mess up those same notes or the same lyrics? Yes. Yes. But it does not change the fact that I'm a musician. It doesn't. Being a music teacher. Does everyone pass my class? No. Should they? They should. Because it's easy enough. I make it easier. (laughs) They can't. Anyway. I make it easy enough. But... Just because some students do not pass my class doesn't mean that I am not a music teacher. The failures that surround who you are and your talent and your gift doesn't mean that you are no longer that gift because there's mistakes. So why do Christians call themselves sinners? Why do we say stuff like that? I, I never like to tell, call myself that. I don't want to. I don't want to identify myself with something that I want to be saved from. I want to be saved from my sin. Why do I want to constantly call myself, oh, I'm a sinner. I'm a... That's not humble. We do that because we're trying to relate. Who are we trying to relate to? Sinners. You don't need to become a sinner to relate to a sinner. All you have to do is remember who you used to be and how God changed you and how God saved you. From that old life. But you don't need to call yourself a sinner to make them feel good. They're not supposed to feel good about their sin. That's why they have to be saved from it. They're supposed to feel bad <laughs> and remorseful and and, and 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 want to repent of their sin. They're supposed to have an icky feeling about it because sin is icky. So don't don't make yourself, oh, I'm a sinner too. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because if you are a sinner, then you need to get saved too. Then you need to preach to yourself about getting saved. You're not a sinner. You're a saint. Identify with Christ. Take your identity in him. We're trying to use our own wisdom to convert and win souls and do all these great things uh, on behalf of the kingdom when we're not using the word of God. When we're not using common sense. It's common sense. It really is. But the enemy really deceived us to call ourselves something that we are not. To make, to make, and sometimes it makes excuses. 
for us to sin or us to practice sin. Oh, well, I'm a sinner and that's why I'm going to... You know, you're not going to just keep on smoking, 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 smoking because, and then call yourself, oh, I'm just a sinner. I'm just trying to get it right. You ain't trying to get it right. You want to keep sinning. You're making a practice out of sin. So you better figure out if you really are saved. If you are comfortable and okay with your sin. Knowing that you are a sinner... Who needs Christ. It's a good thing. Before you convert. Pre-conversion. Knowing that you are a sinner who needs Christ. is necessary. It's the right thing. Calling yourself a sinner after conversion. Isn't an act of humility. It's a way to try to relate. To a kingdom that you're no longer a part of. You're no longer a part of the kingdom of darkness. You're in God's kingdom. When you look in the, the, the vastness and the riches of God's kingdom, of God's great kingdom, why would you want to hold your head down and say, oh, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner? When this is supposed to be a land of hope, it's supposed to be an area of hope, it's supposed to be hope everywhere. The fruit of the spirit, the things that we're supposed to exercise as uh, kingdom citizens. But instead, to relate to a sinner, you want to call yourself a sinner? No. You are supposed to you're supposed to wear this as a badge that I am redeemed. I am set free from this life of sin. Look at this. This is who you need to be. Yes, I used to be where you are, but thank God I'm no longer who I used to be. I don't identify with these things. I'm in Christ now. That's what you say. You don't say, well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no better than you are. No. I am better. I am better than you. Because I'm not a sinner. Now, how about you be better than yourself? And this has nothing to do with being arrogant. Saints are better than sinners. Spiritually. We're not better to the point where we look down on sinners. We say that we are better because Christ has made us better people through transformation. And this is, we don't present ourselves in an arrogant way saying that, oh, you need to get it right. I look down upon you. Of course not. Because we can't forget our testimony. Never forget your testimony of where God has brought you from. Never forget that. Never forget where God, God has brought you from. Because he didn't have to. He could have left you there. And I have a quote from Michael J. Kruger. This is great. Quote, There are few things that affect our behavior like our identity. Who we believe ourselves to be determines the kind of people with whom we identify, the kind of expectations we have for ourselves, what we think it's possible for us to achieve, and what we think we are worth. It's, end quote, it starts in the mind. It starts in the mind. When people say, well, all you have to do is just claim it, just say it and claim it. There, there is some truth to that. There is some truth to that. What you think of yourself will influence your behavior. 
It doesn't necessarily cause things to come out of thin air. But it causes your actions to go a certain direction if you identify with something. If you are constantly identifying yourself as a sinner, you're more likely going to live a life of sin. Well, I'm just a sinner, so I might as well sin. No. Or I'm just a saint, so I might as well be a saint. Think of yourself as higher. But not higher than you ought to think. But think of yourself as higher than you're thinking about yourself now. Because he has raised you up. He has raised you up. When you, when you confess, coming to terms with truth is an act of being humble. You're confessing that when you were a sinner, you're confessing your sinfulness before man and before Christ. It's a humbling experience. Because you're confessing who you really are. But once you are saved, you continue with that humble act of confession. And you confess, Lord, that I am a saint. I am this. I am whatever you say that I am. I am beloved by you. You sacrifice for me. You confess all these things that Christ wants you to, uh, to, to confess because that's where... Once again, I say the word so many times, that's where your identity lies. And one last point about sinners. Sinners are God's enemies. To be a sinner is to be an enemy of God. If you are fighting in God's army and you are in his kingdom, you can't be a sinner. Because if you're a sinner, that will make you an enemy of, the, of God. God is not going to have enemies in his kingdom. He's not going to have enemies in his kingdom. He has some hard-headed people in his kingdom. He has some delinquents, some prodigal sons who like to run away. Knowing that the Holy Spirit is grieving them. And they're ignoring the grievance of the Holy Spirit. He has some hard-headed people. But he doesn't have sinners in his courts. Where sin dwells, God can't. That's why God is not here here. Because he can't dwell in a place like this world. Thank God for his Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Forgive me. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. For being with us. And keeping us in this crazy world. This crazy, crazy world. But if you're a sinner, you're an enemy of God. But you're not a sinner. If you said yes to the Lord. You are God's child. Did we deserve it? No. You are holy and blameless before him, according to Ephesians 1 and 4. Holy and blameless. He doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your sin. When you go and you get judged, when you pass and, you, and God judges you, he's not going to judge your sin. You're going to sin. And you're going to try better. Every single time you mess up, you're going to try better and get better and get better and get better. But he's not going to see your sin. He's going to say, what did you do with the gifts that I've given you? Did you expand? Did you multiply? God has given us all these gifts and things that he wants us to do. He's going to be looking at that. What have you multiplied? This gift that I have given you, have you expanded upon it? Or did you keep it to yourself? That's the judgment that we are going to have. Because he doesn't see our sin. Because 
he doesn't see us as sinners. He doesn't see us as sinners. But as holy and as saints. Father God, in your precious name, I give you praise and honor today, once again, for this study that I understand a little bit better about what it means to be a saint. And I am so happy and so grateful, Lord, that I am a saint, that I am called, that I am holy, and striving to be holy just like you in my behavior and in my thought. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for being so forgiving. And Lord, forgive me for anything that I have done that goes against your will. Redeem me and keep me, Lord, relationally with you, that I am ever pleasing you with what I do and what I say. And I pray that over anyone who listens, Lord, and even people who don't listen, that we continue to strive to, to live a holy and righteous life before you so we can have the best life we possibly can in this sin-sick world. We give you praise, Lord. Amen.